So the best advice I could give myself as a dad is to be kind to yourself and be mindful of what you focus on because what you focus on grows. And I think at the end of the day, uh, there's no magic manual on how to parent. And as long as we proceed with the best intentions, then we can be the best dad we can be. Welcome to the Dedicated Com podcast. I'm stoked to have you on. Thank you. I'm Philip Hartmann and I became a dad of twins and triplets in a mere 13 months. Yep, you heard that right. 13 months, twins and triplets and still alive and kicking. And I love it. My sessions are always a heart-to-heart -heart conversation between two dads, myself and my guests, who are sometimes very well known, sometimes totally not. What they all have in common is that they stepped up from being a father to being a dad and they all share their own experience and learnings. Our goal with the show is to learn all there is about being a dad and of course we want to inspire other dads and mums in an effort to help facilitate family success. I believe ultimately this will contribute to making the world a better place. If you like this and want to become part of this conversation, I encourage you to share this content, subscribe to the show and let us know your thoughts. You can do so by sending us an email via dedicated.com or just leave a review. Thank you. You can also book me for a keynote on building successful families. Just go to dedicate.com. And with this, please enjoy the show. Thank you so much. My next dad, Dennis Prazeris, is the father of two sons, six and ten. He met his wife, who's from Poland, while studying in France, and they currently live in Canada. Dennis shares his own journey of taking over the reins from his father in the family business and more recently shifting towards full-time life and mindfulness coaching. It's super interesting. In the session, we discuss his own upbringing, being a role model to our children, parenting by impact and instilling teamwork. Dennis also explains his leadership principles and why being conscious of what we choose to focus on and assuming positive intent are such powerful tools in life. The most powerful takeaways for me as a dad were when you are grounded and happy, you are in the best possible capacity to be a parent, a leader or a friend. So much of parenting is really about self-management. This is absolutely true. Emphasize the strengths and abilities of my own children to help them focus on what they're good at and what you focus on grows. So focus on those golden opportunities of happiness. To book my remote keynote on how we can empower dads in an effort to help facilitate family success, please do reach out via dedicate.com or simply use my LinkedIn below, dedicated.com. Thank you for listening. If you like this one, please share the session. Please enjoy. Here is Dennis. Dennis, thank you so, so much for coming on. I'm really, really stoked to have you on today. Thank you, Philip. I'm really excited as well. Thanks for having me. Cool, man. Hey, just a very quick intro. I did, uh, and then maybe you can give us an intro about yourself. I did obviously write down my notes last time, and I know that you're a dad of a six-year-old and a 10-year-old. Uh, you studied in France where you met your wife, and you had a daughter in the same year as you started. I wrote this down because I found this interesting. As you started to help your dad in the construction business. So I definitely want to hear mm. about how it was for you to work with your dad, because I guess it's a whole own dynamic. Um, and I know that you are currently in transition. You're going more and more into your leadership training. So I'd love to hear uh, how we can, yeah, how we can apply the learnings from your leadership training to. I know it's all about mindset to parenting. 
that'd be super interesting but maybe you can give us a um yeah give us a quick intro about business one minute because we're both entrepreneurs let's get it out of the way and then we go straight into dinner to that Sure. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So as you highlighted, I guess, yeah, when I, uh, after leaving France, I uh, jumped into the family business, which is a uh, construction commercial renovations and uh, family business that my dad started. And really at that juncture, uh, my wife, well, my wife to be at the time was really kind of what, what next. And uh, the company was in a cycle of significant growth and really just kind of, you know, made that decision to come and help my dad and, and, you know, harness, uh, you know, harness the reins of the company and take it to the next, to the next level. And, uh, so been at that now for, for 12 years and, uh, as you touched on in transition. So I've really always been passionate about, uh, teaching, learning and, and helping others grow. And, uh, so that's what I'm now, you know, focusing on more and more. And how was that era? Where, or is that, you're still in the company, right? You're still in at Jet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how is that working with your dad or is, has he transitioned out by now? Yeah, so my dad has transitioned out, and and really, what uh, you know, the shift we're in right now is is winding down, uh, winding down the operations. And I guess working with him was kind of this. Uh, um, it, it was always a learning, and you know, right around that time too, I, I early on joined uh, the entrepreneurs organization, and yep. uh, you know, so I learned a lot in terms of uh, you know uh, sharing with uh, like minded individuals and people who had uh, who also worked uh, in their family businesses. And I think mm -hmm. for us, it was kind of this, uh, there was a, a back and forth kind of struggle. So my dad kind of trying to find the right balance of letting go. Um, and then my, you know, finding my, um, my way of operating within the business and kind of, you know, it's in many respects, uh, some similar mindsets, but a lot of very different. So my vision for the company was very different than, than, uh, my father's. And uh, I think, mm -hmm. you know, there's the generational piece and certain things that he was very attached to and, you know, kind of his, his baby. And uh, I had to be sensitive to that. And that, so that was kind of, uh, I'd say, yeah, the ongoing kind of balancing act. Uh, to work through that yeah i think this probably happens all the time in family businesses it obviously does and that's why there's a whole industry for people who want to transition uh, right. and give you that support right yeah you can hire someone to actually help you and right. and i remember the last time you just spent a year and a half in europe mm -hmm. in poland yes yeah yeah and and how was that so that with was, the family, uh, right? yeah, with my yeah. family. So my wife and kids. And so my wife is originally, originally from Poland. And uh, so we, we'd been talking about, you know, for quite some time about eventually one day, let's go try and, and live abroad with the kids and the mm -hmm. stars aligned. And it was a good time to, to step away and, and be more at a distance with the company. And it gave me an opportunity to delve further into uh, my coaching career. And uh, so it was, uh, it was, an amazing experience and also very challenging. So I think, you know, for the kids in terms of a new school system, um, you know, they had notions of, of the Polish language, but really kind of got dropped into a whole other system. Um, and then for me, you know, I can, I can get by in Polish, but, uh, it certainly was, um, you know, a challenge kind of almost feeling like, uh, starting from square square zero because i really to, to, to do the most basic tasks you know something as simple as going to get the car repaired i was very limited uh in my ability with the language yeah, so mm, that's amazing actually if you if you put yourself into that uh, mindset it's quite an amazing opportunity for growth isn't it because mm -hmm. you're helpless and you have to yeah, ask yeah. people and you know <laughs> yeah. you have to drop your pride and you have to become creative and you have to just like Yeah, you're almost in a way you're incapacitated to an extent, which which you are because you can't communicate, right? Yeah, 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it forces you to be creative, but certainly, and I, and I think I, I, you know, I, I struggle sometimes with depending on others and asking for help. So yeah. it really pushed me yeah. uh, to the limit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. And the, um, the schooling was in Polish for the kids yes, it or was, was it the yeah. English? Yeah, it was, a, it was a okay, Polish wow. schooling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, by, by the end of 10 it, years yeah. old. Yeah. What, what 10 or then nine, eight and nine years for your older one. Is is what grade? That's so she was third or fourth grade. Uh, yeah, so four. She was going three to four, and uh, he was going from uh, nursery to kindergarten. So he was in preschool still. Yeah. And did they want to leave, or did they want to stay after the year and a half? So they, you know, it was it was trying throughout, um, and by the end of it, I mean, they still had the notions and the memories of their friends and, and the system here. So mm. they they were yeah. excited to come back. Um, okay. but, uh, but by the end of it, I mean, it was amazing where they, where they started and where they got to in terms of fluency and, um, you know, mm. familiarity with the system. They certainly, I mean, they just, they were like sponges. Yeah. It's amazing. You same with my children. You, you speak to them in Italian. My wife is half Italian and so the, her father just speaks Italian to them because he feels like it. And the next thing they speak Italian to you, it's like, oh, what do you right, mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. They just flip a switch right back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah of yeah. course. I don't yeah. speak Italian. Okay. And, and, um, Hey, what I, just share a little bit about you, your journey as a dad, and mm-hmm. then maybe we can go and transition to the coaching, and you can talk about the bigger or broader picture, and then how we can apply this as parents, these kind of mindsets that you're teaching. Sure, but maybe sure. share, share about yeah. yourself first, uh, so for context. Or yeah, sure. So yeah, so so upbringing. I mean, I think um, you know, for me growing up. Um, I grew up with a, uh, I guess, in a household. Uh, my dad was was very busy with running the business, um, kind of you know working mm-hmm. 18, 18 hour days. Uh, and my mom was in and out of hospital, so I actually grew up with uh, my mom with mental health kind of from you know from birth. I just kind of always struggled with it, and it was one of the things that we kind of just got to learn to operate with. So I kind of felt, in many respects. Um, a lot of solo solo time, but I mean, we have a huge family, aunts and uncles, so really strong family support. Um, but you're the only yeah. child, are you? There, uh, there's eight years between my sister and I, younger sister. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I was uh, only child for for that period of time, and then. Um, yeah, so I think you know, growing up through that, it was uh, a lot of uh, just finding my way on my own, and. Um, after that, uh, went, uh, w- I worked in telecom for quite a few years in corporate, working up the corporate ladder, and then decided kind of I, I really needed to kind of spread my wings and decided to leave that career um, and uh, went back to finish my study. So I'm actually a, a, a certified teacher. Um, and, uh, and that brought me back to an exchange program to France. And then in France, that's where I met my wife, who was also there in exchange from Poland. And, uh, and then kind of back, you know, as, as we mentioned earlier, coming back to, uh, to Winnipeg for, uh, for the business. Yeah. It's like a fairy tale. Yeah, yeah. And do you think <laughs> your work today, uh, or your, your, yeah, I guess your passion for teaching and your passion for coaching and thinking about mindfulness. And I think the last time you said the words, um, we emanate, we emanate art whatever we emanating out we we are creating that response of what we're getting back right right do right. you think that comes from something along those lines do you think that comes from your upbringing also with the difficulties with your parents or your your mother's state um and and how that all all of that was yeah i think or, it all just um 
for me, it's just kind of all come full circle through my life experiences. But uh, mm-hmm. when I, I think there was certain periods of time where I felt like, you know, I, I would look at uh, my upbringing and I was like, oh, that was really tough. That was really just not the best. It wasn't optimal. And mm-hmm. and I really shifted to, to a point of gratefulness. And I think that's some of the things that now I look at as, as a father mm-hmm. is that I was like, you know, my parents did the best they could with what they had. And, and that was mm-hmm. a big shift for me, just being grateful. Because there, at the end of the day, there was still mountains of love in our family, but there were mm-hmm. struggles. And I think we all run into struggles every day. And it's how we, you know, how we deal with them that makes the difference. And mm-hmm. I think to your point, kind of what I said earlier was that my, my mindset now around this is what you focus on grows. So yeah. the more we focus on, if we keep focusing on calamity or challenge, I mean, that's what we're going to keep getting back. But if we start to focus yeah. on what are those golden nuggets of opportunity of happiness, then that that's what emanates in our lives, right? Yeah, yeah, makes total sense, right? Okay, yeah. now we we straight into mindfulness uh, <laughs> coaching. Anyway, so right. yeah, so maybe talk about that a little bit, and then how we can apply this to parenting because that's super powerful. Yeah, so I think for me, um, so again, again, three O, three O. I met, I was a uh, you know connected with the an organization called Frame of Mind Coaching, and that's where I got certified, and it really struck a chord with me because the. Uh, the coaching is is all about, you know, we focus on mindsets. So we're at the core of mm-hmm. how we operate, whether we're uh, a business person, a father, a spouse. Um, it's all comes right back to how we think about things, right? And and ultimately, there's three things we can control, how we think, how we feel, and how we act, well, you know, what we do. And I think that's been a big thing for me is that when I look at parenting and being a dad, you know, we 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 can sort of think of things, you know, and I, I like one example is just saying like, imagine telling your child to stop yelling by yelling, right? So we're not really, you know, we're saying one thing, but doing another. So being that, you know, that role model and, you know, modeling what we expect and to kind of create that, um, uh, that shift. And I think, so the, the biggest thing for me is when I think about parenting, it's really about self-management. It's not about discipline and, you know, bring, you know, bringing out the, you know, the regulations and the rules, but really about how can I self-manage myself through this, right. And, and, and understand, uh, you know, what's going on for my child right now. And uh, so I think that's, that was a big shift for me too, from a mindset perspective is, um, you know, to make sure that when I talked about earlier about being kind to yourself is that, uh, you know, that you're making sure that your emotional well-being is in check. Um, if I'm not rested, that certainly affects how I'm going to show up for my kids. So being mindful of that versus saying, you know, there they go again, they're doing this again. It's like, no, I- I'm doing this, right? I didn't get enough rest or this happened. This triggered me. So taking a step back and saying, what, how, what am I bringing to this situation and how can I, you know, make it better, diffuse it or guide my child um, to, you know, to make a better choice or whatever the case may be. Mm. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense to me. And probably if you, um, if you are able to pull that off, it kind of gives you a natural innate uh, authority in any case in a very positive manner because the children see that you're not kind of, you're not, as you, as your example, you're not telling them one thing and doing the opposite. Right, and right. so it's much easier to listen, right? Because now you can collaurate on uh, not equal, you're not equal in that sense, but on a on an equal footing, so right. to speak, yeah, not on an equal sure. level. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. 
And I think it really just lends into the the piece because something that's really important to me is consistency, right? So this idea that, Mm -hmm. you know, if one day you have kind of one rule and the next thing you let it slide, and I think kids very quickly, you know, they can kind of fall into, oh, yeah, anything goes here, right? (laughs) And I think, (laughs) right, oh, oh, yeah, (laughs) free for all. And when you start to kind of have that, it's just, it's interesting just to see the the evolution. I think when when I mentioned earlier about my transition, so right now, like my my wife's gone back to work full time. And as I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. winding out of the construction and more into coaching, um, for me, it's just been an amazing three months of just really grounding. I'm now like, you know, so all the, the household, the pickups, the drop-offs, I mean, and you know, the cooking, et cetera. So it's really kind of given me a full circle view and interaction with them that, mm-hmm. uh, has, has been amazing just to be able to kind of take it from step, uh, step to step all the way through. Have they changed much that now that you're three months is a long time? Yeah, have, no, I, can I you find see this, a change in them. I, I do. I see a, a big change, and I just feel that there's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more peace and consistency, mm-hmm. and there's just kind of. A, you know, I, I think there's just a, a lot more structure um, in how they approach things, and uh, and I think too, you know, kind of myself or my approach to it has just been too is like how can how can we kind of be a team through the thing? So sometimes you know whether it is something as simple as okay, laundry's done, but you know you're going to be responsible for dispatching or you know figuring out where it ends up. Um, and, uh, so that they're also taking responsibility for things that need to get you know done around the yeah. house. Yeah. So I'm so big on this. I'm trying to <laughs> instill this in my children, but I guess they're still a bit young, three and a half and five. And I'm, I'm always like, Hey, we have to work like a team idea. Look, we did one team and this is how we support each other. And right. at what, <laughs> what stage did you feel that they actually start getting it? Like what is uh, teamwork? Yeah, I think, you know, interesting. So my son turned six in April and um, I've, you know, I, I struggled, you know, kind of what works, what doesn't work. And I, you know, I pull, I pull up my hair, you know, I almost have no hair left really, but uh, <laughs> you, know, see yeah, you see that? Didn't yeah. work for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> didn't work, didn't work. Yeah. So I'm through, I'm through all the trial and error, but uh, I'd say like, it's, it's, oh. Probably in the last, you know, probably a month in, you know, he's, you know, he's just past, past six now. And uh, okay. I, I found that kind of like a reward base to some extent is, is has, has worked really well for him. So he's, you know, whether it's Nintendo or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and if there's some sort of reward at the end of the tunnel, it really... Um, really works for him and just like okay and, and and he'll 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 challenge me he's you know he, he's got a, a strong character he'll challenge everything and i'm not doing it da, 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 you know and so on and so forth but i think it's just kind of working through it and, and and for me it's just been that consistency if i cave then it kind of all falls apart but by yeah, sticking to dead. my guns then you're dead yeah, yeah. <laughs> but are you yeah. getting the yeah. are you getting the result thanks to the reward or are you getting the result actually because he collaborates because he understands that he needs to act as a team member? So there's the, I would say it's been kind of a, a double. So sometimes, so if there's not the reward, because I also see the, there's, there's been the extent of, well, I don't care if I don't get that, you know, that kind of thing. So whereas I've tried to really speak to them on their level in terms of, hey, you know, this is, we're, we're in this, we're in a team. I think you mentioned that earlier, that same kind of mindset. And to really get them to understand what are the impacts, right? Like if, if we don't get this all done, then we can't go, you know, sledding outside. Um, we can't do this. We can't do that. And, and uh, you know, so here, here are all the things that we can benefit from if we're all rowing in the same direction. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You can't do it with a three-year-old, but you can very much do it with a five-year-old. I mean, even I know know that mm. because I have a five-year-old. Right. Two. Um, right. Talk, talk, talk more about the leadership uh, coaching and training and what you do with these people, with the, those leaders, because yeah. um, being a dad and a mom or being a parent is very much a leadership role. 
So I, I'm really interested to hear more on, on, on those mm -hmm. theories and, and, sure. and practical advice. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, so, so a couple things that I would share is so the, the the one being the the what you focus on grows. So that piece is you know, being very conscious of what we're choosing to focus on, um, and you know so, because so that we don't go down those rabbit holes. And that's where we can kind of um, and in all of this in terms of what I what I focus on with with mindset uh, coaching is that this idea that um, you know just like in the airplanes, right? We we have to put on our own masks first so that we can help others and. Um, a quote I really like is that the best gift we can give someone else is our own happiness. So this idea that when you're grounded, when you're happy, then you're in the best possible, um, you know, capacity and ability to be a parent, to be a leader, to be a friend, a spouse, etc. And um, so those um, um, are a couple of the points that that uh, really um, resonate with me, and I try to, you know go through those with my clients in terms of, um, you know, what are, what are the blocks or, you know, what, you know, if there's something that, uh, keeps, you know, coming up as a roadblock, what is it? We try to shine some light on that. And is there a limiting belief there that's holding you back, whether it's growing your business, whether it's how to successfully parent your child. Um, and when we take, you know, we, we, we shine the light on that limiting belief is, okay, well, how is this serving you? Is it something that you acquired through school or through upbringing? And, and is it something that holds true? So is it, is it holding you back and how does it serve you? And then we can start to kind of deconstruct. It's like deconstructing it and saying, well, how can we shift the thinking around this so that you can live life, um, you know, with much more peace and much more exhilaration and, and, and being able to move forward rather than, you know, feeling stuck all the time. Yeah. yeah and if it's not serving you, you can also allow yourself to shed that weight, right? And you can right. let that go. Exactly. Yeah, once you have exactly. that insight. So it's very much around yeah. manifestation of the own thought and, and reprogramming the mind in, in a layman's language, I guess, to positivity, right? That's what you that's what you're talking about. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and yeah. on positivity, I think, you know, something there too that I talk about is uh, assuming positive intent. So sometimes whether it's situation, and, and I went through this where there was periods of time earlier in our marriage where I was constantly like, oh, you know, I, I thought I had it all figured out. And it was kind of this mindset where, how can I fix my wife? Because, you know, she puts the toilet paper the wrong way and she squeezes the tooth, you know, little silly things that I was like, whoa, like, you know, where's this coming from? And when I, you know, step back is that, um, you know, someone isn't going out of their way to intentionally, you know, uh, make your life miserable or doing things to annoy you, just like our kids. Like, you know, they, eh, sure, they might have their little <laughs> spiteful moments, but, um, you know, or they might, might get off with a sibling, but um, is to look at things from a positive intent. So that the idea is, um, if I assume positive intent in everyone, certainly there will be situations where someone might try to run. But if 99% of the time it's not the case, it, it kind of makes it half the battle. So you don't end up going down all these, you know, stories we can create in our heads. And, and again, brings us right back to keeping us, you know, our mindset in check. Yeah. Mm. And most people are good. It's just sometimes difficult and you forget this. But of course, this is true. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a good book called um, Don't Sweat Sweat the Small Stuff. Do you know mm. it? Don't Sweat the Small Stuff? Uh, I've heard of I it. I really like it. Yeah, okay. There's one or okay. two of those. It's it's just a page yeah. and a half Okay. Um, per per story. And there's a few of those of those uh, valuable insights that you just shared now in there. Okay. Very yeah. nice. Okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was actually my question. You know, what if what do you do if if the two parents, because this happens all the time, I mean, it has to happen, right? Because they're two individuals. If two parents really see the situation very differently, the overall family situation, let's say that, you know, one parent struggles much more. Um, and then 
again, applying this from a leadership uh, professional level back into family, um, and I do see a lot of parallels there, how can we help each other or support each other in this team kind of setup, but based on family, to um, elevate each other to become better leaders as parents? Mm -hmm. And I think the, the biggest thing there for me is that, um, again, seeing seeing the good in, in what's going on. So I think it's easy to fall into this trap of, oh, you know, that, that's not how I would have handled that situation. It's really not about how you would have handled it. It's about how to find kind of, you know, the, the, the common ground. Certainly, we can share our insights, our perspectives, but not a, at an effort to kind of discount one over the other. And I think that's, that's a, you know, a, a big distinction. If we're trying to say, well, I'm, I'm the better parent or I'm the more this, I'm the more that, I mean, what does that create for the other person, right? So, yeah, that's the, super destructive. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Um, Can you share so good language, so. how to share criticism um, or point something out without being destructive or aggressive yeah. or confrontational? Sure. So I think the biggest thing, the, the, the key for me has always been coming from, from my perspective, right? So when we start doing kind of the, the finger pointing, the you, you do this, and it's, it, yeah. you know, it's the clue of like, whoa, no, no, it's the only thing we can control is ourselves and how we show up. So bringing it all back. So even if there's a point that we want to say, hey, I, I would have, you know, maybe done it this way, or I, uh, I feel like this would have been a better approach uh, for this, um, or... Uh, the last time I did this or the last time I was this, you know, with, with my son, um, you know, with our son, this is what happened. Um, so more of that kind of experience sharing versus telling and advice type of thing. Yeah. yeah really okay. It's just yeah. what we yeah. do here as well. It's much easier yeah. for people to listen if you don't start lecturing right, right, and actually yeah. share from own experience because right. my experience and everybody understands this, my experience is different than your experience. And if you like my experience or my experience share, Right. And the solution that I tried to apply, and if it worked or not, then you can lend an idea or not. Right. It's much less invasive and confrontational. Yeah. 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 Okay. Makes Definitely. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Hey, um, I don't want to lead the whole conversation. What is there where I haven't gone yet that you want to share uh, around being a dad or yeah, just your own okay. journey? What, yeah. Um, I think the other piece that's that's uh, that that I try to instill is just the you know the the idea of, of gratefulness, and I think you know when I look back to um, to my shift with my upbringing, where I started out kind of thinking it's like oh that wasn't the best you know upbringing, and, and where I shifted to, to being grateful is to also have that same mindset and, and and to share that with the kids is to being grateful for what you do have, um, and you know this this sense of and I think in in today's society we can very much get marketed to and what's the next what's the next what's the next best thing and um, just kind of, you know, again, being that role model and we don't need a million things and just being grateful for what you do have and being happy about the present moment and being really present um, in everything that you say and do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. if you can do that, that's so powerful. I tried to start this actually yesterday, funny enough, was today, Monday, yeah, on Sunday. I sat down um, with the kids and we said, okay, everybody finds one toy Again, they're three and a half and five, so they don't understand the concept yet. But mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. I just want to start it. Everybody finds one toy. We're gonna give it, we're gonna go drive to the township for Christmas, and we're gonna give them you're gonna give each give a present to one of the children there. Yeah, we mm -hmm. give it to the nanny's kids, you know. Right. Um, because a lot of kids don't have presents. And it's it suddenly turned into this game, right? They were like, mm -hmm. "Oh, okay, we're going to give this. We're going to give this." <laughs> okay, hold on, guys, right, right. you're never going <laughs> to give it back. It's actually going to go there. It's going to stay there. Oh, okay, okay. So they kind of got it. Yeah. And uh, to to my um, 
happiness, they found all the loudest instruments, you know, like people who are not parents, they give you presents that are extra loud and they think it's super funny. <laughs> so they found all the drums and the little things that were like super loud and they selected those. And actually we started wrapping them. So we wrapped them into, into little presents and we put it in the bag. And now it kind of sits there and I talk to them that we're going to give this these presents to to children in the township for Christmas. And I'm hoping that through these kind of missions, mm -hmm. they can actually understand and, and acknowledge and appreciate that they are in a very different and very positive, advantageous situation. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I love that. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah. yeah. Can you yeah. share other yeah. hacks on how to teach these kind of values for kids? From your yeah. own experience, yeah, um, I, I just thought of one example. You know, similar to like a, we went to uh, you know a local mission. It was kind of there was like a, it was around Christmas and doing um, like a cookie baking, right? So again, to mm -hmm. um, we we got to see what the you know, what the elements were around providing meals, but they also got to 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 go and do something that they love, right? They got to decorate cookies, and these cookies yeah. were were going to be part of the uh, the baskets. Um, And then I think too the, the other thing that I found um, really uh, really helpful with with uh, with our kids in terms of um, presence and mindfulness is time time outdoors. I mean, I think going for for a bike ride or yeah. a walk. And I know even uh, we we have a trampoline out front, and we have this massive you know hundred plus year old tree. And just taking those time, I think sometimes they kind of think, oh, what are you what are you looking at, Dad? Right, and just to kind of like look at the brilliance of it and, and gaze up at the tree and and. It, it seems like simple things, but I think it's just sometimes like, you know, bringing, bringing people down to earth and just because we can get so caught up in all the, everything going on around us and just say, yeah, you know, like this, let's be, you know, in this moment and, and appreciative of, of what we do have. Right? So, um, so yeah, nature I find is a big so one. Yeah. Important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have do you, have you managed, uh, do you do sports together with your kids? We do you do, do the same sports together? Um, so we've done like kind of, uh, off and on, like, and, and now with COVID it's been kind of, uh, up and down, but, uh, you know, swim, mm -hmm. you know, the kids uh, love swimming and, you know, kicking around a soccer ball, um, that kind of thing. But, uh, they've been in mm -hmm. different activities too, uh, growing up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because yeah. that's also obviously a great vehicle to transport, uh, teachings and, 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 and teaching values and these kind of things. Sports. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, I'm trying to think what else in terms of. I have another interesting oh, okay. one. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> How was it for you to have, uh, I think if I remember correctly, you said it was difficult uh, to have an immigrant wife in the beginning in the States. Mm -hmm. Or was that in, yeah? Is that Canada, because you yeah, didn't yeah. speak the language? Yeah, it didn't speak the language. Or what was the challenge there? Can you talk about that? Because this will also be interesting for many parents, obviously. Sure. And I think so growing up, interestingly, so my, we both grew up with very similar values and I think so European uh, type uh, upbringing. So I, as much as I grew up uh, in Canada, my parents were from Portugal. And so I think that was a big connection for us when we met in France um, was that there was certain a lot of similarities. The challenge, um, and, and that's things that we're still working on in terms of some of the struggles is that um, she has a longing for the European culture and overseas, and and there's a lot that I I love about the over you know that that yeah the European culture I, I very much fully embrace it, um, but there's a ton of you know and I guess having grown up and just the structure the safety there's a lot of value I put in in our society here in Canada, and so that's an ongoing thing and I think it's 
Um, there's a couple things. So one is, can you find some compromises? So, you know, we lived in, in Canada for all these years and we, you know, went and gave it a try to live a year and a half, um, overseas. And it's still, you know, it's still, a, an issue that we're working through because my wife very much wants to be, uh, wants to be overseas. It's, and she um, wants to stay there. She wanted to stay. She, there. she yeah, she wanted to stay. Yeah. So, so it's still an ongoing. Uh, <laughs> That's a difficult one. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you've you've hit on a you've hit on a chord. Uh, I was going to yeah. say yeah. I'm not too not too shabby. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and I think part of it that 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 uh, you know, and, and it is it is a struggle and something that we're very much presently working through is uh, how how can it be? Is it is there is there a way to kind of have a you know the best of both worlds? Um, and I'd like to think there is you know some potential compromise and how we can make that happen. And I think the, the idea too is sometimes if we can't have what we want a hundred percent, is there a way for us to have the essence of what we want? And, um, you know, and, and again, it's as much as we've spent most of our marriage and, and with the kids in Canada, um, we've had the good fortune and I'm very grateful for it to be able to go, you know, overseas, you know, sometimes at multiple times in the year, um, for, for extended periods of time. Um, and that's been, uh, you know, I think a blessing, but now it's, yeah, what's, what is it going to look like moving forward is still a work, work in progress. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love that. I mean, to, mm. to think about the essence of what makes you happy and, mm. and then potentially taking it a step further, uh, let's say for instance, I really enjoy surfing mm. and if I lived somewhere where there was no ocean and where you couldn't surf, Portugal, by the way, is amazing for surfing. Mm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. If, you know, the, what's the essence of surfing for me then? Well, the essence is being in nature, obviously the act of surfing, but, you know, being in nature, um, the meditative aspect of around it, the, the, um, the physical aspect. And then I can probably take these, these essences of what makes, what makes this great experience up for myself and potentially find something, um, similar, but not the same, like skiing has a lot of similar properties. You know, I would really also enjoy ski. I grew up skiing in in, in Munich, so mm, okay. yeah, I really like how can we have uh, the best of both worlds. Potentially, even if we can just I don't know I don't know if you right. meant that, but even if we can just um, yeah, kind of distill the essence of 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 what makes up the best of both worlds. Yeah, no, and and you've hit it right. Yeah, exactly. So the the piece of you can't fully have that 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 image or you know or you know that that yeah. experience. Yeah, how can you have the essence of it? So yeah, but it's not yeah. necessarily just traveling yeah. and flying back and forth. That's what right. I mean. Like right. you can yeah. probably subs you know you can find a subsidy for a similar experience of of that exactly. Um, yeah. Very yeah. nice, yeah. and so that so that debate's not finished yet. It might be that you're still moving back to Poland. <laughs> well, the debate is, yeah, it's uh, it's to be to be determined. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. see. I mean, yeah, it's fine. You know, I think also in today's world, not everything has to be uh, the, the the definitive answer always. You know, like. Mm -hmm. It's very fluid, isn't it? Like it's very easy these days to move somewhere, especially now if you go into coaching, you could probably do half your work or more via Zoom. I just yes. spoke to a yes. super interesting guest, um, Rory Sutherland from, he's the ex, um, vice chair of Ogilvy, mega big uh, advertising mm. agency. Okay. And he actually said the term, the uh, Zoom era. Which hmm. is so true, you know. Right, we all just, right. <laughs> everybody's zoomed out, sure. Yes, but yes. you know, we're all working on Zoom. We're having a podcast on Zoom, and we're having a very interesting and super nice conversation, you know. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. this wasn't possible before, and so I think it's much easier to move around. COVID's going to be over as well, you know. To move around, 
right. and to be in different places. And also COVID's going to change so much. Mm-hmm. You know, in a sense, people won't be um, commuting into into cities as much anymore because you know not everybody's going to go back to the office. People can say, well, it's going to it's, it's worked really well. Why must I come to the office every day just so you can see me working in front of a screen? I'm not coming back to the office, and right. so that's going to have a big impact on families, on how we commute, on how we work on property prices, you know, everything a little bit further outside of the cities is going to be much more expensive because now if I only have to commute once a week, yeah, sure, it's fine if I travel a little bit longer because I don't have to commute five times. And so let's move out a little bit more and maybe you can find a bit more and your wife of the essence that you love a little bit further out once you've changed your work, um, mm-hmm. your work situation as well. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. And I, and I think it's really looking at this. So, you know, when, when, when the COVID pandemic, you know, arose is like, is it, is it, is it, you know, the sky is falling or what are the blessings and opportunities that, that we can get through yeah. this? And I, you've just highlighted some of them. Right. And I think, you know, more, That's more time together and yeah, less commuting yeah. and yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not yeah. taking away from the disaster that, that Shh. many people are going through, but of course there are yeah. amazing opportunities. I mean, in, for yeah. instance, we are, um, we, we always had digital clients or remote clients. We don't have a single South African client. We service companies in Germany and Switzerland. Um, you know, so in that sense, we were always remote, but we had one central place where we always worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when the, when COVID hit, basically it was one Slack message. Please don't come to the office anymore from tomorrow on. And now right. we have fully, fully virtual company, which I love because mm-hmm. that's why I started in the first place. You know, I said, okay, we, we're going to work from South Africa. And then at the time, it was like, we, we're going to work and travel because two laptops, Stephen, my business partner, and myself, we're going to work and we're going to have a set client base in Germany, but we can move. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I kind of, I've kind of luckily, you know, through COVID, have gone back to that now. Now we're right. a virtual company and it changes everything, right? I haven't mm-hmm. been to the office for three years. Like, uh, right. For me, it's right. different because of the triplets. Yep. Right. So I have been working remotely already, but now the whole company is virtual. Right. And I wow. think many, many companies mm-hmm. will stay virtual or at least semi-virtual. Like what we'll have is we'll have um, virtual digital agency with the heart in Cape Town. So there will mm. always be a place where people can go because many actually want to go, but not everybody has to go. And especially the people who have kids in our company don't want to go. You know, right, they're like, right. why would I commute an hour or two hours, sometimes two and a half a day, you know, away from my family sitting in the car just so I can sit in one room. I can right, right. Just work yeah, yeah. at home. Yeah. yeah. And, and now that you've so experienced it, yeah, well, yeah, right? Well, it's the yeah. new reality and, never and, and, and it makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cat's out of the bag. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, um, and what does your wife work, by the way? Because since we're on the topic so, of work, yeah, my wife is a teacher. Yeah, so she's a teacher, a French okay. teacher. Yeah. So how was that for her? Does she work on Zoom now, or is so are the schools open in Canada? The, the, the schools are open still. Yeah. So they they've okay. been uh, they've been trying really hard to not reschool, uh, reclose the schools, and they've just in terms of cohorts and distancing, they've really that's one element that they tried to keep um, intact. Yeah. So with extra restrictions. Mm-hmm. And so, so far, so far, so good. And, and the kids, as much as they, they notice the differences and would love to be playing on the play structures, et cetera. Um, they, they, you know, they've gotten into it, but it, it's just to be, have some social interaction has been really big for them to see their friends. 
at least in some capacity, yeah. even though it's in a mask. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's really hard for children. If yeah. if I get it right in Munich, well, you know, it's, it's, it's provincial. So in Bavaria, mm-hmm. um, so the province provinces have different rules. In 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 Bavaria, I think the kids are allowed to mix with one other family. Mm. So or one friend even, and the family can mix with one other family, and it's like super hardcore. You know, if you're a child, like conceptually to go like, okay, you you're not allowed to see your friends. Actually, right. it's like yeah, wow, yeah. yeah. Some of the schools have been closed, some not. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and I guess, and, you know, to have again, you know, in terms of when we talk about essence, because I know our son really missed his, he's super close with his, his little cousin here in, in Canada. Mm. And that was his biggest highlight to, to come back and just to, to be with him again. And, and, you know, there was different restrictions and it couldn't be exactly what, what he had before. And now even more restrictive with the code red. And it you know, comes back to at least now, you know, we have devices, you know, they can do the FaceTime and they can play games together and that kind of thing. So it's that at least they have something, right. And I think, um, but again, that struggle to kind of, hey, I used to be able to play and run around. And, and uh, so, you know, we look forward to that day. But in the, in the meantime, uh, you know, how can we be happy with what we could do with, you know, what, what we do have available? But, yeah. Yeah. But it's going to change again. And by the way, this is yeah. your secret trip. You never have to move to Poland. Just make sure that relationship stays strong and stronger <laughs> over right, the years. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so you're going to have to move yeah. in eight years. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't oh, tell your wife yeah. I said no, that. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I won't send her the link to this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Hey, Dennis, uh, what else is there that you want to share? Uh, what else? You know, one other thing I was thinking about is, um, you know, the the uh, the reality about mistakes. You know, I think we all I- mm. in life, and you know, kind nice of, one. you know, I've always talked about, you know, uh, mistakes are, are you know an opportunity to learn and learn from them, and and it just reminded me of, and this was while we were in Poland, we had a beautiful. Uh, cycling day um along the baltic uh, the baltic sea and uh i happened to be riding along with my daughter my wife and, and son were up ahead and we were just talking just talking about somehow we got on the topic about you know always to trying to do our best and you know we're kind of always striving to we, we're not going to get it perfect but we try to do our best and and somehow we got into kind of the train of thought of mistakes you know and you know and, and when we make mistakes we learn from them and my daughter kept you know she said to me oh daddy there there are no mistakes and 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 then i you know i said oh okay she didn't quite get my point so i was just trying to like to reframe it re, re ex, you know explain it in a different way and she just re-emphasized, Daddy, there are no mistakes. And you know, and then it, it really hit me in terms of what she was trying to remind me of, of stuff that we've talked about before. Is it true? Because there are none. If we say there's no mistakes, but only learning opportunities, um, and and that's really kind of you know the that all of us, whether it's in business or parenting, I mean, that's how we learn. That's how we cement you know better ways to do things. It's one thing to, if we keep you know, keeping the same pattern, keep doing the things over and over again. But one thing to say, hey, this didn't work out this, you know, so great this time, how can I do better? How can I do differently? And and to take, you know, the lesson in that. So I think that's really important um, uh, w- with with our kids and specifically my, my, my daughter does kind of tend to lean towards um, the perfection and want to, you know, get it perfect and get it in a certain way. But, you know, sometimes her vision of perfect is is just, you know, impossible, right? And I think it's just reframing it in that sense that it's okay. We're just constantly learning, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. super powerful if you can actually teach that. Mm-hmm. Well, firstly, it's difficult to do it yourself. But secondly, right. <laughs> if you can teach that to your children, 
that's super powerful because they, mm. they beat themselves up, right? Over something. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. On, right. You know, get over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on and, the other side, me, I, yeah. yeah. Sorry, you go. I was just going to say, like, for me, some of the simple things were, you know, like if, if your child, you know, drops a glass of milk and it shatters on the ground, well, imagine the reaction if all of a sudden that's a big, you know, ah, you know, like, you know, uproar and, and, and anger. Well, did your child intentionally, you know, drop that glass on the floor, right? And I think that's where it comes back to, again, the mindset piece is it happened, it's a glass, it's replaceable, and no harm is done. Like, so let's just clean it up. And and it's not, you know, if we make it a big thing, then that's where our children can start to say, whoa, like, and then they get fearful and can end up in this perfectionist pattern, right? Yeah, and it becomes a big thing because if you make right. it a big thing, it becomes big. <laughs> right. If you give it the energy and if you give it the space, obviously it suddenly occupies more space, mm-hmm. right? If you don't right. give it the space, there is no space for it to occupy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think so the more we can, like if we kind of, you know, we take like 80% of the time is really focused on the strengths of our children and, and really propping up everything that they do right, um, that, that you know, comes right back to what you focus on grows. The more we you know, single out their brilliance and their strong points, the more that becomes what they focus on as well. And then you take those other 20% and it's the pieces where, okay, how can we take this as a learning opportunity to, you know, uh, you know, uh, shift or, you know, move this in a different direction. But if it's always like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Then our children, they become those people, right? That, that that's all they know is no, 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 stop, stop, stop. And they don't, they don't want to go above and beyond. Yeah. It's very powerful. I mean, no is actually a very difficult concept. So to say, I don't want you to do this, requires a certain level of abstraction, right? Mm-hmm. Because it requires that you come up with what I want you to do. Right. If I say, I don't want you to do this, there's no instruction there what I actually want you to do. Right. It's much better <laughs> to say, I want you to do this. Ah, right. okay, I can follow that or not. But to say, I don't want you to do this or stop this, and then what? <laughs> then it's I can freeze because <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what, what's next <laughs> yeah, okay yeah, yeah. I've stopped you know okay? it's very it's a difficult concept to mm-hmm. say don't do this yeah yeah it limits thinking right yeah it, yeah. it has no inherent yeah. explanation of what I'm supposed to do right and what's the correct behavior exactly yeah yeah, yeah. cool mm-hmm. uh, I kind of forgot time but <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> this is such a good session <laughs> is, is, is there anything else because otherwise I'm slowly going to wrap it up with you Okay. Um, I think, you know, uh, other than that, I think it's, yeah, just, just being that role model, right. In terms of, uh, you know, being, being compassionate, being present, being respectful. I mean, those are the things that, that, that I want to see, uh, in my kids and, uh, and to be that model, right. So that, uh, yeah, that they can see how you operate in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It is powerful. Hey, thank you so much, Dennis, for for sitting with me today. Well, I don't know if you're standing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting. <laughs> this was a really good session. Very, very powerful. A lot of nuggets there. And yeah, I'm looking forward to publishing this one. It's a really good one. Oh, thank you, Philip. No, I really, really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. All the best. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you. Super. Thank you so much for listening in. I really hope you liked this session. If you did, please share this podcast. I'm sure you know someone who wants to hear this. Make no mistake, your shares are meaningful and they drive our success. So thank you for sharing. Thanks for listening in. Hope to catch you next time. Have an awesome day. Ciao.